Um, you had a and, common enemy, which was your mutual friends who yes, you yes. were angry at because they brought you two together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Love story in the making. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 169, the Zelia Asteroid episode. This week, very happy to have uh, part two of the interview with Jennifer Alvarado. Jennifer has a deep bio, which includes, among many other things, that she was the Artist of the Week for the Indie Star Radio Network. She is a World Songwriter Awards Top 10 finalist. She has over 280,000 streams on Spotify. Uh, actually a lot more than that because this information is old so it's probably like about 8 million streams by now she's been releasing music since 2015 and she's got a new album called Songbird Part 2 out right now you can find her at jenniferalvarado.com also by searching Jennifer Alvarado at all the streaming sites including Spotify and Apple Music you can find her uh, on Instagram and Facebook Make sure to check the show notes for all of those many, many sites. Again, this is part two, so if you enjoy this, go back and listen to part one. I think you'll enjoy it if you enjoy this. I think you'll, uh, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy both of them. Also, make sure to stick around because later in the show, we'll have another uh, album review from staff reviewer Allison Price. Looking forward to that. And now here is Jennifer Alvarado.
looking for words over near to help me remember me. Paris, Tennessee, swear you left me. Paris, well, I wanted to go to Paris, France, um, but with Paris, Tennessee, um, I had always heard about there being a... That was a yes, curveball. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Paris, Texas. No, Paris, Paris Tennessee. Um, so the up. band, the band Perry... I'm going to verify had, that it's, there is a Paris, There really is. I promise I've been there. Okay. I've been there. All right, I'll take you okay. for it. Okay. Right. So the band Perry had this song called... I think postcard from Paris or something. Hmm. And it was about Paris, Tennessee. And I was like, so when I heard that song, I was like, I want to go to Paris, Tennessee, because I looked it up and they had this like scale Eiffel tower. And I thought, okay, it's better than nothing. So <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Um, Just get real close to it. Yeah, or exactly. Very far away. Either way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, I, I, I did that. Yeah. I did that. So I have pictures. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just the concept of it's a little off. It's not quite the city of love. Right. Um, and so you're going to Paris, but you're completely torn apart and it's Paris, Tennessee. So right. no, right. no slack to Paris, Tennessee. Like we've been there. It was a lovely little town. So yeah. <laughs> how were their croissants? Oh, I don't know. It's probably like Burger King croissant. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. That's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good. Right. <laughs> uh, so you did go to Paris. Uh, what, like, other than the um, mini Eiffel Tower, uh, uh -huh. what, else, what else is there? The... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. <laughs> I don't want to offend any, anybody in Paris, Tennessee. It's got a very cute little park. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> around the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. So they're not really going to, over the other than the Eiffel Tower or Eiffel Eiffel Towerette, I guess you say. They're not going overboard with the. I don't think so. Little, little Paris thing. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I didn't see anything that would lead me to believe that. Okay. No. <laughs> but you can say you did it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me about some of the? Did I ask you this already? Can you tell me about some of the musicians that are on the album? Sure. Um, so Ricky is playing bass, um, and so Paris is different. So Paris was actually produced, well, recorded by my friend Brian, and then I threw what he had recorded together um, and released it because it was in the midst of COVID, and I was like, hey. I'm going to release some songs and that just happened to be one of them that I was like, here we go. Here's my attempt at releasing this. So, yeah. um, so with that one, I'm playing guitar on it. Um, and Brian is playing bass and, um, let's see, break things. Um, a guy named Rodney Carmichael, um, is playing guitar and Ricky's playing bass, and I think I think rhythm guitar, um, and then Jason Singleton is playing drums on that one, um, and then with 
the earlier stuff, um, Michael Wines playing keys on the piano for I'm Letting Go. And Mike Adkins is playing drums on um, It Wasn't Me and pretty much everything but break things. And I don't want you back. It was written in the stars One kiss you had my heart I tried to keep my distance Oh, I tried to play it cool Boy, you're acting like a fool wrote with my husband in mind and it's about being afraid of being the first one to say I love you um we both when we met sorry my allergies are kicking in um but when we met he had come out of a bad divorce um I had come out of a relationship that I don't know what to call it um but it had been four years of something I want to hear we're gonna spend the whole rest of the podcast talking about that okay wonderful wonderful um but so when we actually met um our my sorority sisters who were friends with him worked with him actually introduced us and we both were like we are not meeting each other like we don't want to meet each other Mm -hmm. we're good we are good alone like leave us alone and i showed up one night 
And then he showed up, and we both had been told on the way that, well, actually when we got there, by the way, this person's going to be here. And it was one of those situations where we were ticked off, Mm -hmm. but then we actually did (laughs) talk to each other, and we were like, oh, okay, this works. Um, You had a common enemy, which was your mutual friends who you were angry at because they brought you two together. Right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, love story in the making. Right. right. Um, but uh, so with with our relationship, I think we both were just so afraid of being the first one to say anything. Um, and so it was always like a question, like, well, how do you feel? Well, how do you feel? Well, I kind of feel like this, but, hmm. you know. And so it was just, it's that stepping off and just saying, you know what? here we go. Like, here's this relationship. Let's see what happens and stop being afraid. And obviously that was 16 years ago. So, uh, and we've been married for nine years. So, uh, long time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing the math in my head because I thought you were like 18. Oh, well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of filter are you using on this Zoom call? Oh, Uh, where are you from? I'm from Hickory. Oh, okay. I grew up in Hickory. And then when we got married in 2012, we moved to Vail, back to Vail in 2013. Oh, Vail. Vail, that's uh, right on 40? Well, sort of, yeah. Wait, is Vail, is that Vail like where the Waldensians are? That is... Um, that's Waldees. Valdez. That's yeah. Valdez. Okay, all right. Vail. So it's on down. It's yeah. So it's... About 30 minutes from Hickory. If you're going between Hickory and Lincolnton, then there's Vail. Uh, what's your musical training or background? So I started playing, well, I learned guitar a little bit from my papa um, when I was six or seven. Um, he showed me because I was constantly playing all the instruments at his house. Um, I... I actually started writing songs, like making up songs and stuff, when I was about four or five. Um, I have a tape where I, I wrote a song about the last unicorn when I was like four. And so I really started singing around seven is when I um, actually joined a choir and that kind of stuff. I had some solos before then, but seven was like the time. Um And grew up singing in choir. Uh, Finally got formal lessons when I was about 14 with guitar. Um, Up until that point, I played keys a little bit and um, played guitar by ear somewhat. I wouldn't say it was very good, but I decided that, hey, if if I want to be able to write, I need an instrument to be able to hear things and and really know what I'm doing. And so I picked up guitar at 14. And then took piano a few years before I went to, I got a vocal performance scholarship for college and went on my vocal performance scholarship and was absolutely miserable. Um, So after a year, I ended that year and um, I switched my major to political science and family ministries. And was like, I'm never doing music again. I'm done. Um, but during that summer, I, I just, I prayed and I said, God, if I'm meant to do music, you're going to have to bring this desire back because I want nothing to do with it ever again. Um, there was a lot of things that just happened that year that were not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I ended up getting my minor in music and still was very involved at church with, I had a couple ensembles that I led at church, that kind of thing. And so I still was doing music, but I honestly thought this is going to be a hobby. This is it, like whatever. And then, um, graduated, went to, um, a place (laughs) that I didn't later wrote a song about. Uh Um, and job. You're yes. Okay. Yes. And what was everybody's name there again? Just... I'm trying not to say it. Um, but anyway, I was there for a while um, in, you know, as a paralegal, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Oh, that narrows so, it down. Okay. 
Affirm. Okay. Oh yeah. So yeah, you don't want to say because they're probably very litigious. You say anything about them? But no, I mean there were there were wonderful people there. There was there was a lot of just me growing up and yeah. me realizing that okay, God keeps putting music back in my life and this is where my heart is, this is where my desire is, like I need to pursue this. Um but I had to grow up in the sense of realizing that money's not everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you need it. Um <laughs> But it's not everything, and I had to come to that conclusion. And so that was just the process. Um, So during that time, I still, I I taught guitar lessons, um, still was very involved at church. um, And it got to a place where I had taken on three different roles, like the three different campuses um, at my church. And so it came down to, are you going to do this or are you going to do this? And so I finally felt like, okay, I have enough security that I can leave. Yeah. And so I made that choice. You know, um, I actually almost accidentally became a paralegal. Just one day out of the blue, I got a letter from the college down the road from me. And it just said, uh, you have been accepted to our paralegal uh, program. And it was just a mistake. They just made a mistake and sent the, you know, just randomly sent this to me for some reason. But just for a while, I was like, what if I did that? What if I just, you know showed up and was like, Hey, I got this letter. I've been accepted. Let's, let's do it. You know, is that how you became a paralegal? That would be funny um, if you said, Oh, that's what happened to me. That's I, exactly what happened. I um, became no, actually. So I was at one point I was, when I was graduating from the college, um, I was going to Duke for divinity and mm. law school. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm weird, and I Double put things threat. together like that. Right. Right. Um, so, and I ended up getting an internship at this place, and then the economy kind of tanked, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is a good thing. We need to, we need to stay put. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed put for quite a while. Yeah. And dur- so during that time, like, I, I, went and, I went back and got a paralegal certification, too, um, along with that, just to help with with the job. So it was never, it was always a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend, I, I'm a very analytical, I call myself a realist. I, my husband would probably say I lean toward negative uh-huh. sometimes. Um, so I always look for just the, the realistic plan. Um, and so music obviously is not always the most realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I grew up believing. And so I, uh, I always kind of looked for the safety net. And I think that's the only thing that I wish I would have gotten some guts about me a little bit right, yeah. before now. Yeah. But but you know what? There's there's a reason for everything. And, and there were lessons that I needed to learn for myself. Right. Your touch Never had something that I crave so much Your attention's my control I never can get all started with one touch Your voice It's all that I need to make it hard to breathe Like my favorite song that can make me believe This isn't wrong So I hope Here we are, playing with fire 
I was waiting out in the rain, waiting for Ricky to get back from lunch because um, we were actually recording something else that day. And uh, it's it's the idea of you're friends with somebody. You know they like you. You like them. But you also have that realization of as soon as you make a move, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um and so, again, it's kind of like lose control of, okay, who's going to make this move first? Who's going to do something with this first? Um, it's a little bit, I, I guess, less definite than lose control. I look I look at lose control as like you both know what you, like where you stand, but you just don't want to say it. We're playing with fires like, I don't even know what this person's really thinking, but I think I do. So... That's what that is about. <laughs> I like the vocals on this a lot. Are you, uh, you're singing lead, obviously. Are you doing the harmonies here too? Yes. Yeah. I had to think about that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> most of the, most of my songs, I do the harmonies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple that my friend James has come in. I think betting in love, uh-huh. uh, James is on that one and uh-huh. doing some harmonies. More from Jennifer Alvarado in just a few moments. I want to remind you that you can find all of her music and upcoming shows and all that stuff at jenniferalvarado.com. Also find her music all over the internet or just uh, just Google Jennifer Alvarado music. That's probably the best way to do it. Also subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Or just go to WNC Original Music or just search WNC Original Music on Google. And up next, Allison Price, the staff reviewer for WNC Original Music, joins us to review the new release from Canary Complex. Here's Allison. I see them burn with yellow, red, and gold. It's getting colder. Pull me closer to the 
When I first listened to The Tragic Dance of Dying Leaves by Canary Complex, I was sitting outside at my new temporary home, surrounded by trees. That seemed very fitting for the mood of this pensive and lush album. In the words of the songwriter himself, this record lifts the veil, taking inspiration from a wide range of influences, from Japanese visual K to bossa nova to 80s goth and baroque 60s pop, the tragic dance of dying leaves is a fascinating foray into the psyche of an artist. Lyrically, I can sense the confessional nature of these songs. Each one is infused with palpable emotion, which is also reflected in the rich instrumentation. I felt the visceral pang of heartbreak, the intense sensation of longing, and the stomach-churning feeling of remorse throughout my time listening to this record. Casey states, Like the canvases of Monet and Renoir, this record offers a glimpse into an imagined dreamlike past. The songwriting and musical aesthetics of Canary Complex have blossomed into a verdant bouquet of soft oil colors and a lust for life. I would agree and even add that the lyricism and poignant emotion also reminds me of the romantic poets Byron and Keats. If you are looking for an album to lead you through various states of emotion, and you are not afraid to cry if the mood strikes you, The Tragic Dance of Dying Leaves is a worthwhile listen, especially as Casey recommends, best served under an overcast sky. This is Kelly Tweed and you are listening to Western North Carolina Original Music.
betting on love. So this is a little bit, um, okay. So I grew up with nineties female country, um, Trisha Yearwood, all of that. I was just thinking Trisha Yearwood. Yeah. So it kind of, it's kind of a nod to Trisha Yearwood and she's in love with the boy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Reba, Reba had a song called, um, Oh goodness. Any other time I'd be able to tell you she's calling it love and it was on one of my favorite albums of hers. And so it's kind of, it, it's leaning toward that. Um, it's also autobiographical in the sense of, so my parents were not thrilled um, with when I started dating my now husband. Mm. Um, I still don't know that they're thrilled. Um, and so it's just very much about our relationship and the fact of sometimes love is all you got. And you've got to you've got to be willing to just make that that take that chance and make that choice, um, you know. And here we are, sixteen years later, and we are very happily married. There's still people that think we're going to probably break up, um, and that just is what it is. And so it was kind of honestly, it's sort of my like. Okay, well, here you go. You guys aren't um, like fighting in public all the time or something like, like that, are you? No. I mean, that's no, not my no, business. No. I can't even believe I asked that question. But anyway, no, go ahead. No. Um, so the whole 50 years has come and gone. Mm. Like that. that's more of just a, okay, this this is for the long haul. Like we're, we're here. This is going to work. Um, whether you think it will or not, that's okay. That's yeah. really not my problem. Right. So. This has a uh, like a Taylor Swift feel to it too. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? I am. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I am very much so. But it, it's a little bit of Taylor Swift, but also your own thing, you know. Not like where I think this is like a. I would have never thought Coffee. this was a, well, like a or a cover because I don't know all Taylor Swift songs, but you know, I wouldn't have thought. I'm not thinking this is a cover of Taylor Swift, more like slightly influenced by her. But. With that, so with Betting on Love, I really did want it to sound more 90s country, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted it to kind of have that feel just because, I mean, that, is, that was such a huge time in my life. Artists like Dina Carter and... Yeah. Um, Lori Morgan. Mindy, and yeah, Lori Morgan, yeah. Mindy McCready, like people that um, but i mean especially dina carter because you mm. know dina writes all of her own music and, and oh, I know that. um so it was just that time was when i really started writing um or really imagining like okay this is this is what i want to do this is and it's when i really really fell in love with music i've always loved music but especially i would say especially when i was like 10 11 12 so that would have been um late 90s um just those artists had such an impact on me and and really made me fall in love with the art of songwriting mm -hmm. and and then performing you have one unheard message hey it's me i know you've been trying to call It was always my issue. It was always me who missed you. Guess I finally had to come to problems not me. It's In the chaos of confusion, like a snake or an illusion. Bit the apple, it was poison. I tried my best just to hang on. She was dead. 
Because uh, uh, I get, oh yeah, anybody who's listening to this has just heard the song, and maybe maybe it fooled them too if they're listening to it in the car. But I was I was listening to this in my car, and you know it came and, and you did the thing where you, uh, it says it says a uh, first voice message or whatever, and it says hey it's me. And the first thing I thought was uh, who is this person giving me the hey it's me that I you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who do they think they are, you know? And then the song started. And then the song started. But the first thing I and I was still like, this is how dumb I am. I was still like, oh, that message cut them off. And now this song started to play. Because I was listening to your music. And then that's what would happen is the, the voicemail would play. Right. And then the music would start back. So I'm like, oh, they said it's me and then hung up. What What's going on here, you know? <laughs> and then I figured it out like uh, 90 minutes later or something like that. But uh, – the the really weird part is your voice, especially on that message, sounded like somebody that I used to know a long time ago who would have said, "Hey, it's me." So um, I was like, "Who? Why? Why are they calling me twenty years later?" I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> Still thinking they can do the "Hey, it's me." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want you back. Um, I did not necessarily write this about anyone. I want to just preface with that. Okay. Um, however. It is a song about coming out of a relationship or whatever, friendship, anything. And you have those moments. So many times you kind of romanticize all of the good times and you start thinking, I guess I could take this person back. I guess we could do this. Maybe I should take them back. And um, the song is about, nope, this is, this is everything you've done. And by the way, I don't want you back. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm better off without you. Goodbye. <laughs> um, and um, hence the goodbye at the end, because it's just, it's the end. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is one that we just wanted to have fun. When we were producing this, like I said, um, we did everything backwards on this song. I had the scratch um, with the acoustic. And um, we just kind of built around it. Typically, when we when we go in, we do a scratch, um, and then we start with drums. We and we kind of add the layers on, um, just like a cake. We add all the stuff on. Um, this one, we sort of just completely turned around backwards. Had the scratch done of the guitar and the vocal. Well, I went back and did later vocal, but. Um, had the guitar and started adding all these other little elements in first. And then um, drums were pretty much the last thing that was put on there. So it it was just, it was completely different. And we actually liked that process so much because we liked how things turned out that we started doing that with other songs. So, so there's some that are the normal process of like, scratch and and we're going to build it up from the floor and then others we've completely swapped around at this point and i think that that's i think that's a good thing to do um especially when i think when you're a songwriter like sometimes you get caught in this monotony of this is how i write um and 
I don't always want people to be able to listen to it and say, oh, that's Jennifer. She wrote that song. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. It's kind of like with Taylor Swift. You know when she's when she's written a song. But she's also really changed her style over time. And it's grown with her and it's matured. And so I think that that's... I, I just think that that's what you should be doing is constantly growing and trying new things and learning new things. Um, and that's what we tried to do with, with that song. Um, cause it's very, that song I was very afraid of when, oh, yeah. when I, yeah. when I was going to put it out, like I, I thought it was a fun song. I mm. thought people will like it. Hopefully, I guess. Um, if, if I tick everybody off with the voice message, maybe, I don't know. But, um, but that song, I was very, (laughs) um, but with that song, I was, I was just very nervous because it is different, um, than what people know me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is more, it, it is pop and there's still a lot of people that I think are used to me being a, christian artist and mm-hmm. so yeah it's almost i mean beyond pop it's almost like a 70s soul feel to it you know yeah it does yeah. so I've, I've been told that that it has yeah. um I've, I've been told it has a little bit of reggae feel to it which i don't know so it's just kind of how it came out <laughs> all right i want to thank again jennifer alvarado for being on the podcast Always a treat having her on. Don't forget to go back and listen to the first part of her episodes uh, if you enjoyed this one. Or if you didn't, uh, it might be an opportunity for redemption. A lot of the plot points will make more sense, too. Um, So that should help. Don't forget to find her music at JenniferAlvarado.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music. If you're listening to this on something and uh, just look at the screen, And there might be a button up there that says subscribe or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what you're listening to. Don't forget to go out and support local music wherever you live, no matter where you live. But especially if you lived in Western North Carolina, because then I can take credit for it. Thanks again to the wonderfully talented Allison Price for her reviews. Just love having her on the show. Just a very special treat having her involved. Closing song this week uh, comes from our guest, Jennifer Alvarado because she has a new album out that we listened to uh, a lot of tracks on this episode from her old album. But this new album coming out is called Songbird Part 2. You can find that at her website also. And she has graciously sent another track from that. And it is called Songbird. Here it is now, Jennifer Alvarado. Have a good week.
Say it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> now stand on one Z-Y-X-W-V-N-G. foot. Z Y X W V N G. 